All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Is It Gay? Which is a podcast where Catherine and I discuss various pieces of media and decide whether or not they are gay. That's, yeah. Is that it? Okay. All right. So this week, we're going to talk about Nick from The Great Gatsby. Um, and spoiler alert, he's we're, gay. We're going to say that he's gay. He's gay. We've already decided, but we'll explain our reasoning. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, we should give some background about how we began discussing Nick being gay. Absolutely. So at the beginning of college, it's probably like in our first few months, I told Ava... Probably like very... Very soon after yeah. we first met. Yeah, I like in the first like the first like couple like weeks. weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I started. I, I told Ava about um, an instance in my high school um, AP Lane class where I'd fought my teacher over whether Nick was gay, with the assumption that Ava already knew that Nick was gay. <laughs> Um, and this was not true. Um, <laughs> I did not. I had never, it had never occurred to me to think about how he might be And gay. then I found out that many of our friends didn't know that Nick was gay. Well, here's the thing. I think that when you read this book in your 10th grade English class, which is when I read it, um, and I'd actually, I read it for the first time in eighth grade, just for fun, because I wanted to. And I loved it. Did you it. like it then? I, I found it very difficult to read but when it was over I was like wow I really did something like it was really good that I did that yeah it wasn't the most fun I've ever had um but then when I read it in 10th grade I was like yes this is this is amazing it's the best book ever yeah but so I obviously like my teacher was not gonna be like Nick is gay guys because yeah. I don't think that it was on her radar either. No, um, no. And I don't think it was really on anyone else in the class's radar to bring it up. Because we, like, I don't really think anyone in, I feel like everyone in the class was pretty straight. Yeah. So I just don't think it was on anyone's, like, radar to think, like, oh, is he gay? And I just, it's, I think it's one of those things, if you're not looking for it, you can totally miss it. Yeah, which is, like, funny, because, like, the reason I thought everyone knew Nick was gay <laughs> was because there's a scene in the book where he basically hooks up with a man. It's true. Um, it's true. We're yeah. going to talk about it. Yeah, and we're going to talk about it, but so I just, you know, assume, but then it turns out it's really easy to miss this scene. Yeah. Um, And I don't know why I like noticed it but then it became a topic of much discussion in my class i wasn't even the person who brought it up in class mm. it was someone else the straight guy named will eaterer but he's a very emotionally intelligent mm. man he has like seven older sisters mm. um and he brought it up because we talked about the chapter that this happened in mm-hmm. and he said wait doesn't nick have like gay sex with a man and then it it was drama for many weeks yeah yeah all right so before we get into the meat of that story, I yeah. think we need to talk about why we're qualified to have this discussion yeah. and why our opinion is correct. It's true. Um, and the answer to that is that, first of all, we both have most of a degree in English literature, uh, so we know what we're talking about when it comes to analyzing texts. Uh, and then the second thing is that we're both gay, so we know what we're looking for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I feel like people really underestimate, like how how important that is because like you know i mean gay recognizes gay mm-hmm. like we know what the experience is like yeah and, and yeah. i think there's i think there's a vibe 
Yeah. But, like, it's very subtle that you can pick up on when you see someone. You're like, oh, I recognize that vibe. Exactly. That person also gay. Especially, like, in the 20s. Like, mm-hmm. if you're writing a book and you, like, want someone to be gay in the book, it you has can't to be just very be like, subtle. hi, I'm gay. Yeah. You know? Exactly. But, like, you can put things in that maybe other gay people will recognize. Right. Right. It's yeah. a very, like... Um, um, it's like a secret code. Exactly. It is like a secret code, which is something that actual gay people have done for it's a very true. long time. It's true. It's so, true. Yeah. All right. So do you want to tell the story of your feud? Yeah. Okay. So this lasted literally an entire semester. Um, so basically we were reading the Greek, the Great Gatsby. And as I said, um, this guy, Will, um, pointed out that Nick had like a hookup slash sex scene, whatever, with, like, this gay, this man who was gay, um, and then my teacher was like, what? No, what are you talking about? Where is this? And so we got, we went to the page that this was on, I, like, read it out loud, and then my teacher was like, well, he's not gay, and basically just, like, shut it down. So then after that, it kind of became a thing where I was like, Nick is gay, like, I'm gonna, like, I'm not gonna back down from saying that Nick is gay. And there's all this other stuff in the book that indicates that Nick is gay, and I brought it up whenever it was, happened. Um, it wasn't like I was, like, taking away from, like, the class discussion or anything like that. My teacher was so mad, and it became, like, a whole thing. Like, all of my friends and, like, a bunch of other people in the class, we would just always, we would just be like, Nick is gay. Like... We would come into class and we'd be like, good morning, Mr. Cole, Nick is gay. <laughs> and we also had, like, vocab exercises mm-hmm. where we had to, like, fill in the blanks with, like, these vocab right. words that we were, like, learning. And one of my friends wrote Nick is gay <laughs> in, like, the blanks and got in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Cole was like, I don't think you're taking this assignment seriously. <laughs> um, and then they were like, well, I don't think you're taking Nick being gay seriously. Oh, my goodness. I wish I'd been there. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty epic. And then um, at the end of the semester, we had to write, um, like, a paper to prepare for the AP Lang exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and the teacher gave us, like, three different prompts. And one of them was pick a theme in the book and back it up with three symbols. It was, like, really, like, mm-hmm. simple. So then I was like, well, if we end up doing this, my theme will be Nick is gay. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, being gay, perhaps. Um, and then he picked a different prompt um, because, like, he had we were supposed to prepare for three. Right, right, right. Time. Yeah, he picked a different one, but I still wrote the Nick is gay essay, um, and it was so good that I got a nine on it, which is like a that's perfect that's the top one. Yeah, um, yeah, because he couldn't argue with it. And then on the last day of like the Great Gatsby unit, he made this like. PowerPoint presentation, it lasted like half an hour where he basically was like, I realized that Nick is gay. <laughs> and he like pointed out all the Wow. Parts. Yeah. And he was like, Nick is in love with Gatsby. And I've realized that now. And I've grown as a person. And it, it was the greatest thing that's Your ever impact. Happened. I know, my impact. So that's basically what happened. And like everyone I know from high school is still obsessed with Nick is gay. I made like Nick is gay candles for some of my friends last year. Um, because Nick is gay. Nick is gay. Okay. Sorry. I need to ask, uh, if I made this up or if it really happened, 
Were there like T-shirts? Were people wearing Nick is gay T-shirts? No, okay. but they should have. I feel like I thought that that was something that happened. Maybe we considered doing it. I mean, it's it, never it's too late. Honestly, like I can see why you'd think that because yeah. it is something. I made T-shirts for a different thing. Oh, okay. In my high school. Okay. Because I don't know, I just like because I knew that everyone got like really into it, everyone and I just really imagined too. everyone wearing Nick is gay yeah, T-shirts and your teacher like, being like, guys, please. Come on. Yeah, I should have done that. That That's a great idea. If I could go back, that's the one thing yeah. that I would change about, <laughs> about the whole well, thing. If this podcast takes off and we need merch, we can make we can Nick do is Nick gay. Is gay. I mean, I might just do that anyway. Well, you know, you can. Um, I think that there is a, like, very... I think this is a common thing with high school English teachers. They're very uncomfortable with acknowledging yeah. the potential queerness of anything. No, this like specific teacher especially like was really uncomfortable with it. And because of that, I think I was kind of like obnoxious in his class. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, so we also read the Scarlet Letter in that class. Mm-hmm. And there's like a character that's supposed to be a lesbian. I honestly don't really remember what happens in that book. <laughs> I barely read it. But there <laughs> is a character that's supposed to be a lesbian. And the reason I remember is because they talk about how she, like, is not into men. Right. And hangs out with all the women mm-hmm. or whatever. And then Mr. Cole was like, so this character, because we were talking about her, he was like, so she doesn't, she's interest, She's not interested in men. She, like, lives in the woods and, like, talks to all the girls in the town. So... I think maybe she's, and he kind of like trailed off and I was like, she's a lesbian, Mr. Cole, are you trying to say she's a lesbian? And he was like, yeah, she's, she's a lesbian. Okay. And he like wouldn't say it louder than like a whisper. Wow. Like he just like would not say the word okay. lesbian. Can I tell, these are not related to the Great Gatsby, but they are related to no, high school okay. English teachers. No, you should say it. Not wanting things to be gay. I have two stories <laughs> about my AP lit class. Um, Christopher Lamphere, if you're listening, you were great, but these two moments were <laughs> wild. Um, so first of all, we had a poetry unit. Both of these occurred in the poetry unit, because poetry, gay. Um, and the first one was that we were reading Shakespeare, as one does. We were reading, like, the sonnets. And when he was introducing the sonnets, he said to us, now it's important to note that, like, some of Shakespeare's sonnets are about a woman, and some of Shakespeare's sonnets are about a man. The sonnets he wrote about a woman were about a woman that he was in love with and attracted to. The sonnets that he wrote about men, he wrote for money. He didn't care about the man he was writing about. Shakespeare was not gay. This man said that. He said Shakespeare Shakespeare was not not gay, gay, which is true. He was bisexual. Um, But that's not what he meant. Um, He was like, do not write me a paper about how Shakespeare was gay because I don't want to read it. Because it's a stupid thing to argue, and you can't prove it, which I guess is true. But you also can't prove that he wasn't gay. That's true. But, like, he was so, he was so, like, worked up about how Shakespeare was only attracted to the women he wrote about and not to the men, which is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Because, like, how do you know it wasn't the other way around? And, like, why do you think he did it for money? Like, well, apparently he was, like, he was, like, commissioned to write them, and it's, like, there's proof or something. I don't know. Um, but he was, like, very worked up about how Shakespeare was not into men, and we could not make that implication. And then, later in the poetry unit, we read a poem, um, I believe by A.E. Houseman. Classic. Yeah. 
and it was about Oscar Wilde's sodomy trial. Classic. And this man said to us, do you guys know what this poem is about? And we said, no. And he said, it's about Oscar Wilde's sodomy trial. And we said, okay. And this kid raised his okay. hand. Did he say what sodomy? Yes, he did. Oh my God. He raised his hand. Mr. Lamphere said, yes, Alex. Alex said, what's sodomy? Mr. Lamphere went ghost white. Oh, stammered a lot and said, um, um, well, you know, I didn't think that we would have to discuss that in this class. Um, I just, I didn't think it was going to come up. And then some brave girl who also like didn't really know what it was, um, who, because she was like very sheltered and like just, she, she didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, she Googled it. Oh and God. read the definition out loud to the oh class. Oh my God! Wait, and then the this this guy was like, "Okay, I like still don't really get it." Um, and so we had to like we had to explain to him that it was in for the purposes of like this poem, it meant gay sex. Yeah, we had to explain that to him. We had to say that, and our teacher just was beside himself, did not know how to handle the oh situation, was so uncomfortable, and the whole time I remember thinking. If you didn't want someone to ask you what sodomy was, why did you make us read a poem about yeah. a sodomy trial? Like, that was completely... Avo- if you really didn't want it to come up so badly, like, you could have picked any other poem to read. It's the same thing with Mr. Cole with, like, the Scarlet Letter thing. Like, he could have just not brought up her being a lesbian. Yeah. He, he literally wanted like, us to... I don't know. You know, I say this all the time. Sometimes it's better to just say nothing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But in this case, um, I think many high schoolers are not being brought to the realization that Nick is gay. No, it's important. I think it's, it, it is important. And I think it colors the rest of the story it in really a really important way. Yeah, let's it talk about makes, why it's important. Yes, I think I think it makes like everything that like it adds another layer of like emotional depth to yeah. the story. Like it kind of makes Nick a little bit of like a parallel to Gatsby because he also is like in love with this person who is never gonna feel the same way. And I think that like it also just makes a lot of what happens like that much more understandable. Yeah. Like yeah. it's understandable that Nick would continue to associate with these people that he like doesn't really like or approve of. Yeah, he hates because all he of like them. he wants to be around Gatsby and he wants his approval and he like he wants so badly for Gatsby to, like, see him in the same way. Exactly, and he's, like, the only person who supports him. He's the only person yeah. who, like, stays after his parties. He's the only person who, like, associates with him, especially, like, at the end of the book after, right. like, everything goes down. He's the person who, like, plans all of the funerals and, like, yeah. makes the arrangements and, like, talks to Gatsby's father. and like, Especially when he, like... You know, he hangs out with Gatsby. He, like, hates, like, the parties and everything, Mm -hmm. but he still, like, goes. And I feel like it all is kind of, like, futile in a way that, like, it's the same thing that, like, Gatsby is, like, doing for Daisy. Well, and I think that, I think, to me, the big thing about the book that I love so much is that it's about, like, the human condition and our, like, tendency towards, like, wanting things that we know we can't have and still trying to attain them. Yeah. And I think that Nick being gay and in love with Gatsby is, like, another layer of that. Yeah, that's another thing that's important. It's not just that Nick is gay. It's Nick is gay and also in love with Gatsby. Yes, Nick is gay and also in love with Gatsby, and Gatsby does not reciprocate that. And that's that, also so it, very important. it changed like the thrust of the novel is that Nick's relationship with Gatsby is like paralleling Gatsby's relationship yeah, with Daisy. Exactly. And exactly. that they're both like reaching for this unattainable ideal, which is 
encapsulating the human condition of yeah. wanting things that we can't have. We can go into the okay. text. Yes, now. let's do it. For Nick being gay, I mean, I, I feel like the first most notable thing is the end of chapter two, which is the Mr. McKee well, situation. Well, I think before that... Oh, there is stuff before that. There too. is the scene where he meets Jordan. And he and describes also, her. even before that, there's the scene where he first describes Tom. And, like, oh. I feel like contrasting that with I, Jordan is, like, interesting. Yeah. yeah, so at the beginning of the book, um, Nick is, like, driving to see, uh, or is going to see um, Tom and Daisy. Mm -hmm. um, Daisy's his cousin. Tom is his friend from Yale. Um, and he hasn't seen them in a really long time. So, like, there's this scene of Tom coming out of his house and Nick sees him for the first time. In many years. Okay, so he says he was a sturdy, straw-haired man of 30 with a rather hard mouth and a supercilious manner. Two shining, arrogant eyes had established dominance over his face and gave him the appearance of always leaning aggressively forward. Not even the effeminate swank of his riding clothes could hide the enormous power of that body. Mm. He seemed to fill those glistening boots until he strained the top lacing, and you could see a great pack of muscle shifting when his shoulder moved under his thin coat. It was a body capable of enormous leverage, a cruel body. Wow. So I think that Nick's, just like Nick's awareness of Tom's oh, yeah. body. And is like, like, it's power. Yeah. It's strength. It's yeah, muscles. Exactly. Like, also talking about like, what's going on under his clothes. Like, I know. Yeah. He's and, thinking about it very hard. And he does this, like, he describes people's bodies mm -hmm. a few times, but never in such detail. Yeah. You know? Um, and I feel like his description of Jordan's body yes. is also, like, a, a pretty normal Well, thing. the thing that I noticed when he describes Jordan for the first time is he's basically describing how, like, androgynous she yeah. is. So he says, I looked at Miss Baker, wondering what it was she got done. I enjoyed looking at her. She was a slender, small-breasted girl with an erect carriage, which she accentuated by throwing her body backward at the shoulders like a young cadet. Her gray, sun-strained eyes looked back at me with polite, reciprocal curiosity out of a warm, charming, discontented face. It occurred to me now that I had seen her or a picture of her somewhere before. So I think the key words here are young cadet. Um, he and small-breasted. Yeah, but young cadet, he is quite literally comparing her to being, like, a young adolescent man. And I think, like, the thing to take away is that she looks like a boy. And he likes and it. And he likes it. Yeah. And she's literally, and like, the only female character. She is the only he woman ever... he shows any interest yeah, in. Yeah, And it's because she looks like a he boy. He never describes any other woman's, like, body or mm -hmm. anything at all. Because he's just not aware of it. Exactly, because he's just not aware of it. I feel like throughout the book, like, even though she's the only woman that he's even a little bit attracted to, like, he still isn't really into her. Mm -mm. Um, he's kind of into her because he feels like he should be. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of scenes, um, like, at the last scene where he ever talks to Jordan, he says, like, we talked on the phone, and then we stopped talking because I didn't care. Yes. And, like, he specifically says, like, I didn't care. Um, and he, he's just very, like, ambivalent about her, like the entire time and he never like there's never like I don't know just like the passion that he feels about like other things with her because it's not that he's like not like expressive throughout the whole book it's just that like specifically with Jordan mm -hmm. like he's he kind of doesn't feel anything also I just found in my notes at one point um a little later on he describes he says she has a hard jaunty body yeah which again 
that's not very feminine. No. Okay, so at the end of chapter two, basically, um, Nate goes to this, like, party. Um, yes, it's at the apartment that Tom has where he basically is having an affair with Myrtle Wilson. Yes. And the McKees come, and there's this guy, Mr. McKee, um, who is at the party. He doesn't really do much at the party, um, but then, like... All hell breaks loose, basically, and Nick and Mr. McKee kind of, like, escape mm -hmm. um, from the party, and they go into the elevator together. Yes. So they're, they're going to the elevator, and Mr. McKee, come to lunch someday, he suggested, as we groan down in the elevator. Where? Anywhere. Keep your hands off the lever, snapped the elevator boy. I beg your pardon, said Mr. McKee with dignity. I didn't know I was touching it. All right, I agreed. I'll be glad to. Okay, so let's just stop there. Okay. So I think, like, already um, there's, like, the lever. Mm -hmm. So I think more, like, phallic yes. imagery. And that's, I, I, I Googled. I, was, I wasn't going to go through the entire book and find things myself, so I Googled scenes from The Great Gatsby that prove Nick is gay. Excellent. And I found an article, and someone was talking about this scene, obviously, and, like, the phallic imagery of the lever and also talking about how it's, like, the elevator boy's disapproval is, like, yeah, representative of societal disapproval of, like, homosexuality, um, which I thought was interesting. And mm -hmm. also, we groaned down in the elevator. Oh, true. True, yeah. true, true, true. And, yeah. Um, so, Mr. McKee wants to get lunch with Nick. Yes. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I guess we can move and on. And then some time passes. And there's, the next, like, there's an ellipse. Yes. And the next paragraph says... I was standing beside his bed, and he was sitting up between the sheets, clad in his underwear, with a great portfolio in his hands. Beauty and the Beast, Loneliness, Old Grocery Horse, Brooklyn Bridge. Then I was lying half asleep in the cold lower level of the Pennsylvania station, staring at the morning Tribune and waiting for the four o'clock train. And there's like a lot of ellipses in this mm -hmm. scene um, between like the times. Um, like, between the elevator and the bed, and then between, like, the bed and, um, Penn Station. Correct. There's, um, ellipses, which kind of indicate that, like, things happened in between these mm -hmm. scenes. Um, yeah. But then, I mean, this is kind of just explicitly, like, I mean, Mr. McKee is in his bed in his underwear. Yeah. It, it's very much implying that they just finished having sex. Yeah. I feel like there's not even, like, you don't even really need to read into it to be like, no. this man is in I mean, his there's, underwear. I, I can't figure out another explanation for that. Yeah, like, I guess maybe it was really hot in the room and they, like, they undressed because it was just so hot. I don't know, like, what other explanation there would be. Um, so, I feel like even if you don't think that Nick is attracted to Tom or if you think he's, like, really in love with Jordan, or like you don't think he's into Gatsby. It's still pretty clear that this he had sex with like, this guy. Yeah, at the very least. Even if you don't think that Nick is gay, you're like, wrong. He, but yeah, clearly he had sex with a man. Yes. Here. Um. So now I think we should talk about how Nick is in love with Gatsby. Yeah. So, the first time he mentions Gatsby, he's talking about him. And he's, you know, because the story is told kind of from Nick looking back after everything's already happened. So he knows, like, what happens to Gatsby in the end, the first time he brings him up. But when he's talking about Gatsby for the first time, he's describing him. And he says, this is like on the first or second page. 
He says, if personality is an unbroken series of successful gestures, then there was something gorgeous about him, some heightened sensitivity to the promises of life, as if he were related to one of those intricate machines that register earthquakes 10,000 miles away. This responsiveness had nothing to do with that flabby impressionability which is dignified under the name of the creative temperament. It was an extraordinary gift for hope, a romantic readiness such as I have never found in any other person and which it is not likely I shall ever find again. Which, first of all, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Second of all, no offense. I don't say that about my friends. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, like, I mean, clearly, like, he thinks that Gatsby is a person unlike any other yes. person he's ever met in and, his like, entire life. And, on he puts him on this pedestal of just, like, not even perfection because he recognizes that Gatsby is incredibly flawed, but, like, he views him as, like, almost, like, extra human, like, more than yeah. your average person. Like, there's something about him that's just so special. Yeah. and There's unique. something, not just, not and, only is there something about him, there's something gorgeous about yes, him. Yes, exactly. And Which I, he, he uses that word to describe Gatsby several times. And also, yeah. like, his car, his suits, everything. He always, like, yes, specifically uses the word is, gorgeous. Yeah. Which is just, like... Yeah. And then at the party, this is one of my favorite parts. Actually. Oh, when he first like meets at Gatsby. At the party when he first meets yeah. Gatsby. Great scene. I also have that. Message. Okay. Yeah. Should I read it now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> he meets Gatsby and he doesn't realize who he is at first. And yeah. then Gatsby says, I'm Gatsby. And Gatsby says, Oh, or, or Nick says, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize. And Gatsby says, Oh, I thought you knew. And then Nick says, He smiled understandingly much more than understandingly. It was one of those rare smiles with a quality of eternal reassurance in it that you may come across four or five times in life. It faced or seemed to face the whole eternal world for an instant and then concentrated on you with an irresistible prejudice in your favor. It understood you just so far as you wanted to be understood, believed in you as you would like to believe in yourself and assured you that it had precisely the impression of you that at your best you hoped to convey. Precisely at that point it vanished, and I was looking at an elegant young roughneck, a year or two over 30, whose elaborate formality of speech just missed being absurd. Sometime before he introduced himself, I'd got a strong impression that he was picking his words with care. So, like, just, like, this description of, like, literally just his smile in comparison with, like, Nick's description of Jordan mm -hmm. at any moment, I think is, like, really striking. Yes. Um... I mean, he just, like, notices a lot yes. about him. Um, and, like, the description of his smile, like, mm -hmm. that just happens, like, again and again. And, like, later he kind of talks about his smile as being something that, like, draws you in and mm -hmm. is, like, kind of, like, irresistible about yes. him. Like, a lot of time Gatsby will... Nick will be asking Gatsby questions about, like, his life and how he's being really elusive. And then Gatsby will smile and then Nick will be like, okay, never mind. Yeah. It's fine. He, Gatsby, like, has this power over Nick. That no one else has. Yeah. And, like, he has... There's just something about him that's, like, so alluring. And, like... And I think there's also... I think a, I think a really relatable idea of, like, just liking someone. And, like, you know, having those feelings is, like, when they place their full attention on you, you feel so special. Yeah, I was gonna and, like, say, like... so lucky. And that's exactly what this is describing, like... When Gatsby smiled at me, I felt so special and, like, so lucky to have his attention in this way. And it, like, made me feel so good. 
Yeah, and it's like, it also, he, he kind of says, like, I, he feels like Gatsby, like, understands him and, like, fully, like, sees him and thinks that all of yes. that is, like, really great and, like, yes. really wonderful in a way that, like, Nick even can't do, yes. like, for himself. And I think that he, it's also, to me, like, really important to note, like, they've never met before. Yeah. They've never met before, and yet, right away, Nick is feeling so, like, seen and valued by Gatsby's attention. Yeah, and, and the feeling only... so like yeah, intim- like there's such an intimate moment for two people who've just exchanged their first words. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also like all of the other times people have talked about Gatsby before this, it hasn't been like super positive. So mm-hmm. if anything like any impression that Nick has of Gatsby is like he's kind of weird, he's kind of elusive and like people like, don't really know anything yeah. about him and don't really like him that much. Yeah. So I think it's especially, yes. like, powerful because of that. Yes. Um, I want to um, talk about just, like, one of the other times okay. he Gatsby's smile um, and kind of what I mean about his smile being mm-hmm. something that, like, um, okay, he talks about it. It's it's mentioned multiple times, many many times throughout the book. Yeah, um, and a lot of the time, like some, there's this one scene where um, they're like saying good night to each other, mm-hmm. and it says like he smiled, and suddenly there seemed to be a pleasant significance um, in having been among the last to go, as if he desired it all the time. Um, this is after. Um, oh my god, I forget. They're they're at like an event, and Nick mm-hmm. is like there. Um, and it's, like, kind of at the end of the event, right. um, and Nick is, like, why am I even here? But then Gatsby smiles, and then it's, like, fine. Yes. Um, and then there's another scene where it's when they first go driving. He says Gatsby's gorgeous car comes mm-hmm. to Nick's house, and they're talking, and then Nick starts asking Gatsby about himself, and Gatsby isn't really answering, and Nick is kind of, like, upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, they're at lunch, and Gatsby says... He says, look here, old sport, I'm afraid I made you a little angry this morning in the car. And then Nick says, there is the smile again, but this time I held out against it. Mm. So he kind of is, like, indicating that, like, when Gatsby smiles at him, he kind of doesn't want to be mad at him or, like, press him about anything anymore. And he has to kind of, like, resist that, like, pull. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, like, an image that comes up several times. He also, towards the very end of the book... um, Oh, yes. When he's he's talking to Gatsby for basically the last time, oh, yes. yeah. um, he he says to Gatsby, "They're a rotten crowd." I shouted across the lawn. "You're worth the whole damn bunch put together." I've always been glad I said that. It was the only compliment I ever gave him because I disapproved of him from beginning to end. First he nodded politely, and then his face broke into that radiant and understanding smile, as if we've been in ecstatic cahoots on that fact all the time. And I just think, like, first of all, that radiant and understanding smile is so, like, such a striking description and kind of calling back to that first time when they first met and Nick felt so seen by Gatsby's smile. And then also I think the idea of ecstatic cahoots to me, like, really indicates and connotes, like, a sense of intimacy that they had that, like, no one else was a part of that was just for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, like, earlier in that scene, like, this is um, the day after, (laughs) like, the car accident happens. 
Um, and Nick is like alone with Gatsby. Um, and um, he like talks to him like late in the night. Like he's kind of like supporting him through all this. And then he has to go to work the next day. Um, and um, they have breakfast. Um, right. Yeah. He and keeps then missing his train because he, he doesn't want to leave. His train. Yeah, he says, um, well, so the gardener says that he's going to drain the pool. And Gatsby says, don't do it today. And then he turns to Nick and says, you know, old sport, I've never used that pool all summer. So he's kind of like inviting him mm-hmm. to like go swimming in the pool. Um, mm-hmm. And then Nick um, says, 12 minutes to my train. And then he says, I didn't want to go into the city. I wasn't worth a decent stroke of work, but it was more than that. I didn't want to leave Gatsby. I missed that train and then another before I could get myself away. And then basically he says, I'll call you later. And then they walk slowly down the steps and then Nick leaves and then that other scene happens. So like, yeah, I mean, like he doesn't want to leave him. Um, he keeps missing his train and then he feels like he has to say this to him. Um, yeah, I mean, he clearly like really cares about him. And not only does he care about him, like he really wants to be around him like more than like anything else really. Yeah. Yeah. And then he calls him, like, several times after that, and obviously he doesn't answer because he's dead. Um, so it's, I know, it's very tragic. That whole, the line, like, you're worth the whole damn bunch put together, just, like, I feel no one has ever said that to him either. Like, no, no, that's the thing, too, is, like, I think as much as Nick is enthralled by Gatsby and wants so badly for Gatsby to return that interest, I think Gatsby also, like, really needs Nick because yeah. no one like has ever tried to form a like a real connection a real relationship like an actual like intimate relationship everyone just kind of goes to his parties and enjoys like his money but no one cares about him as a person and nick is like the first person since daisy really that has shown an interest in like Jay Gatsby the man yeah instead of like Jay Gatsby the myth the legend exactly he's the only person who actually like understands him as a person mm-hmm. and understands that he has like all these flaws he's a really complicated person and, and still, still loves him yeah and still and I feel like that's kind of like what love like mm-hmm. is like it's not like thinking that someone is like perfect um which Gatsby like definitely thinks about Daisy Easy. yeah but like really knowing the person and understanding the person and seeing that they're not perfect and like loving them just the same like regardless so i feel like honestly like nick with gatsby is like the only like real form of like love that like exists yes for sure because i think with with gatsby and daisy they're both have they're both in love with the idea they have of the other person and not the actual person yeah exactly and they both have this idealized image in their minds which they talk about, which Nick talks about when he comes to the green light. And, like, yeah. Gatsby believed in the green light and this unattainable future, which is, like, the idealized version of Daisy that he can never have, but, like, he keeps reaching for. And I think Nick Nick is reaching for an unattainable thing and that he wants Gatsby and, like, that's he's never going to get him. But he's he not reaching... he's never going to get Yeah, him but too. he's not reaching for this, like, idealized version of him. Like, he it's knows... Like the real thing. He knows that Gatsby is not a perfect man and that Gatsby has like skeletons in his closet and he just doesn't care yeah which just makes it all the more like effective yeah yeah definitely and like all the more tragic yes oh so beautiful yeah I know and then like the last like thing in the book is kind of just Nick talking about like this tendency that like Mm -hmm. everyone has to like reach for things that they can't attain um 
and like people that they can't attain and like yeah. ideas that they can't attain. I think that like ha- having and that also applied the to belief make... that someday you're gonna get it. Yeah, true. Even though you know that you're not, like exactly. you keep yeah. trying because you think like maybe it'll be different. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that is just a lot more like powerful if like the narrative is also conveyed yeah. in like Nick's own experiences, not yeah. just like his observations. Yes. Yeah, if Nick also has spent his life reaching for an unattainable yeah. end. Exactly. I think it, it does, it makes that hit so much harder. Yeah, yeah. So like, not only is Nick gay and in love with Gatsby, but like, if you don't think that Nick is gay and in love with Gatsby, like the book is just not as good. Yeah. Well, and I think that the, the message of the book is just not as It doesn't strong. hit home as much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's much easier to... It, I think if you don't think that Nick is gay and in love with Gatsby, it's much easier to be like, oh, this is just a boring book I had to read in high school. Yeah. But if you, like, recognize the, like, layers and the depth and, like, the emotional, like, depth of the story that comes from Nick being gay and in an unreciprocated love with Gatsby, it, like, it really makes it so powerful because it's just such a beautiful like depiction of like the human condition and like we're all flawed in the same way we all want these things we can't have and we still believe we might get them and like no one is exempt from that even Nick who kind of thinks he's better than everyone yeah he does but also and Nick is like honestly like a really relatable character Mm -hmm. like throughout the book like He's really awkward. Like, one of my favorite scenes in the book is when he's at the Gatsby's party, uh-huh. the first one, before he meets Gatsby. Right. And he sees that Jordan's there, and he's like, oh, thank God, someone I know. Yeah. Because he feels so awkward. And then he like he's like, hey, Jordan. And then it's like, my voice sounded really loud, and I was really embarrassed. Yeah. So he's, I mean, he's really relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like, this is kind of, like, the one like thing in the book that he like really like cares about and you really get into like his emotions and like feelings about it and I guess how much he hates everyone too (laughs) um but like I think that it it kind of just like I don't know I mean like this book is definitely better if you care about Nick and can relate to Nick and if Nick seems like a like a real person um and I mean I think like this narrative kind of just like adds to that as well because it's like he talks about like all of these like symbols and like he talks about like this idea of, like, yearning and, like, reaching, mm-hmm. um, and, like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it really adds to it if, like, it's something that, like, Nick relates to as well, and you can, like, see in him as, like, the main character of, like, the book, and a character that you, like, I think is supposed to be, like, pretty, like, human and relatable yes. and, like, a normal person. Yes, I would agree. So, I think that we have successfully argued yeah, that, Nick that Nick is, is gay. gay. I think we have proven that in my opinion, beyond a doubt. Um, so now let's talk about the film. Yeah. So you haven't seen it in a while? I have not seen it in a while. I have seen it, and I liked, I thought it was a very good representation of the main thrust of the novel, which is like our human condition and our tendency towards greed and wanting things we can't or shouldn't yeah. have. Um, but I know that you have an opinion about the Nick is gay aspect. I think it's of it. a good adaptation for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I think a lot of people don't like it, but I think a that, lot of people don't, and I think that's because they do not understand the book. I agree. Um, it, I mean, obviously, it really captures like the extravagance. Yes. Um, and like it seems like crazy and like unrealistic at like a lot of points, and there's a lot of parts in the movie that I think people don't like because they're like, why? Did Baz Luhrmann well, make... Well, a lot of people don't like the anachronisms. The people don't like the anachronisms, and, like, sometimes the editing is just, like, a little bit, like, weird, but I think it's okay that it's, like, 
weird and confusing and kind of like dreamlike and like larger yeah. than life because that's kind of like how Nick feels mm-hmm. this world like is and I, for him. I think I always appreciate, I really appreciate the anachronisms because I think it like really drives home the point of like, this could happen to anyone at any time. Yeah. Like, this isn't a story that could only take place in 1920. It's like supposed to be a universal human experience. Yeah, but, um, and I do think that Toby Maguire is really good as Nick. He, I agree. I think he, he, that was a great choice. We're not even going to get into Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Obviously, no one else could play Gatsby. Like, come on. It's true. Um, but I don't think that they make Nick gay at mm-hmm. all in this movie. Not You're right. even. A You're little right. bit. You're right. They so with the Mr. McKee scene, which I was talking about earlier, like that scene is cut. Um, mm. The scene with with him like in bed, which I I mean it's not surprising because like what do you do with that? Yeah. Like, how do you make that? Because you can't just like have like a little yeah and, like the one little snippet and then you know like so you can't do it exactly how it is in the book, but like the elevator scene is like not there. What I think is really interesting is that Mr. McKee is gay in the movie. Mm. Mr. McKee is very gay in the movie. Interesting. I mean, he's like, like he's oh he's the photographer of like the party. They make right. him like a photographer. I remember he's that. He's like oh I'm in art school. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I think I don't remember exactly, but I think he like they put in some even more like explicit things that like he says, and he kind of I mean he talks like a stereotypical gay person. He dresses mm-hmm. like a stereotypical gay person. You know, and I think that, like, if it didn't have, like, if this scene didn't have, like, this background, it might be, like, a little different. I might be, like, okay, well, they're making this person be, like, gay, which is just, like, weird and why. But, like, I think it definitely is, like, acknowledging the Mm -hmm. scene by making him, like, explicitly gay. But Nick does not reciprocate even a little bit. I don't think they ever even, like, talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Um... So I just think that that's really interesting because I think that by making Mr. McKee, like, definitively gay, like, the most stereotypical gay person, like, ever, it really, like, the the contrast with Nick, mm-hmm. I think, is, like, especially strong because, like, clearly Nick is is not. Yeah. Like, I think it, if they had just not done anything with it, mm-hmm. like, I think, obviously, I would be disappointed then, too, but, yeah. like, it wouldn't be making as much of a statement, um that this is making by being like, this guy is gay, but we're not going to make Nick engage with him at all. Nick is going to be, he's not interested. He's straight. Yeah. I think definitely, again, it's been a very long time since I've seen the movie, but I'm thinking about it and I do feel like they sort of downplay Nick's like, Nick's like infatuation with Gatsby and like that he wants Gatsby to be his friend. Like, I feel like the vibe in the movie is a little bit like Nick's like, I wish this man had never talked to me. Yeah, he, he seems, like, kind of uninterested. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's kind of... It's hard because, like, a lot of this is, like, he doesn't say any of this out loud. A lot of it is just, like, this is what he's thinking. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to, like, portray that in movies. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, like, the impression that you get from Nick is that he's kind of just, like, along for the ride. Yeah. Um, Which is not the impression you get from the book. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, exactly. Like in the book, he's there because he really wants to be there, and he really tries to be there. In the movie, it's like all of these, all of these things are like happening to him, mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't really want them to be happening to him. But he kind of accidentally got caught up and everything. Yeah, and it definitely like it is effective. Um, it doesn't like not work, but also I think that like you kind of sympathize with him a little less mm-hmm. because you don't really see him as like a realistic person. And I think that, like, I mean, like I was saying before, like, I think the book is better if you can, like, really empathize with Nick and relate to Nick. 
And, like, I, I mean, I just, like, don't think you can in the movie. Yeah, um, sure. And I think that, like, downplaying, because I think, like, Gatsby is, like, the only person that he really, like, cares about or has any, like, attachments to. Um, like, he seems kind of ambivalent about everybody else. And if he's not ambivalent about them, he, like, actively dislikes them. Mm-hmm. So I think by kind of, like, not really doing anything with that part of of Nick, like, it seems like he just doesn't care about anybody yeah, or anything. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I have to say about the movie. Um, you know, it definitely is, like, a choice. I think it's a good movie, but, like, Nick is not gay in the movie. Yeah. Um... Which is sad because obviously the movie is very campy, very extravagant, and I think a lot could have been done with mm-hmm. that. I think it's kind of like a style that really lends to yes, for sure. Yeah, just like gay things. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, so very sad, but it's okay. We still love you, Mr. Baz Luhrmann. Yes, and it's still a great film. Yeah, still a great. Just film. not gay enough. Just not gay enough. All right. So that was is Nick gay? The answer is yes. Yes, Nick is gay. Um, come back next time to hear about something else. Other, being gay. other various things. We're probably going to say that the other things are gay too. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>